0: the bible and the problem of hair pulling on this edition of truth and love i'm heath lambert and you're listening to truth and love a podcast of the association of certified biblical counselors where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face Our guest this week on the podcast is Dr. Keith Palmer, a fellow with the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors and a pastor in Granbury, Texas. And we're here to talk with him this week about the problem of hair pulling. And Keith, I think there is a lot of people who would be listening to this and would be surprised to know that when we talk about the problem of hair pulling, we're talking about an actual problem. We don't hear about this every day. Explain it to us.
1: Well, thanks for allowing me to be here, first of all. Um, yeah, I was surprised, too, the first time this issue came my way. Uh, and as I did research and got to know a little more about it, it was surprising to know that uh, anywhere from 2 to 5% of the whole population um, struggle with this issue. And all experts agree that that's low because it's so underreported. Yeah. So hair pulling, or it's sometimes called trichotillomania or trick or TTM, uh, it's a behavior characterized by sessions where people pull their hair out. Um, the onset is anywhere between 11 and 13 years. And uh, by adulthood, this is very interesting, 80 to 90 percent of all people that struggle are women. Um, some basic characteristics of the behavior, uh, there's usually a strong urge or tension that builds up, and then that tension is relieved or resolved through the pulling of hair from various parts of the body. Uh, and there's two main kinds. This is one of the interesting features of it. Um, There's a fully focused version where the person is very ritualistic. They plan it out. They uh, go through um, a very prescribed uh, uh, program. And then there's another version where the person is only semi-focused on it. Almost um, when you talk to people about it, they'll describe it as being in a trance or maybe they're half asleep even and they don't even realize fully what they're doing. Um, it often occurs during uh, sedentary activities, watching TV, reading. You know, mm. You're trying to fall asleep at night, um, sitting in class, trying to do homework, and uh, oftentimes too, there's a there's a search for the perfect hair to pull. Uh, so the 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 journey, the 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 investigation leading to pulling of the hair is part of the package. And uh, once it's pulled, the individual often um, examines the hair, chews it, or even ingests the hair, and that leads to other uh, uh, medical problems that we'll talk about. But um, obviously bald spots are a big problem with this sort of thing. Uh, Infections or wounds, uh, it's related. Actually, trick is related to skin picking. So people that pick at their skin, uh, psychologists would understand that as being in the same realm of issues. And, of course, infections and wounds can happen there. Uh, digestive blockage, if they actually ingest their hair, that can be a medical emergency. Um, and then spiritual issues, uh, emotional issues like like shame and guilt, uh, isolation as they do this privately, uh, depression and anxiety because of dealing with this and thinking about it, uh, peer problems. They don't want to be around their friends. Uh, they don't want to go out in social context because of how they look. Hmm. Uh, self-image problems, and uh, of course it promotes secrecy avoiding social activities and, and interference at work and school. Uh, and then probably the number one issue that I've seen in this is just dealing with the shame and embarrassment associated with the behavior.
0: You're talking about the search for the hair. Help us understand, what, what would that search entail? Sure. What are people looking for when they're searching for the hair?
1: Yeah, usually an imperfection of some degree. Uh, they're looking for... Uh, one that feels just right, or maybe feels very, very wrong, and 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 that leads them to remove it. Um, it it's it's very uh, unique to the individual, so you just have to do a lot of asking questions and listening, trying to understand.
0: And so it's it provides some sort of fulfillment to remove it, and the fulfillment would be.
1: Well, there's there's a physiological thing first of all. When you pull a hair out of your body, uh, your body reacts to that. So there's a physiological reaction to that. But um, it also, when you talk to people that struggle with this, it re- re- resolves this tension that's been building up uh, to pull the hair, at least in some people. In others, uh, it doesn't resolve the tension. It, it leads to pulling more and pulling more and pulling more. So, again, it's it's very uh, individual, so you really have to get to know people and how they particularly struggle with
0: it. And so are we talking about people pulling one hair? Certainly the search for the, cr- the right hair would be pulling one hair. But are we talking about people— Like grabbing a handful of hair and pulling it out?
1: Um, Usually that's not how it happens. Usually it's one at a time. That's where the search comes in, trying to find the right one, and then they'll try to find another one. Um, And, uh, yeah, so it it tends to be pulling from the same area of the body, but usually one at a time.
0: And uh, and that's where the bald spots come from. Correct. So is there a particular area that is...
1: Popular? The scalp would be the number one okay. location. There are others on the body, but the scalp would be the number one.
0: Number one, okay. So and then the ingesting of the hair. Are they are they swallowing one hair at a time, or are they swallowing a bunch of hair at once? What's going on? Um, I believe it
1: varies, but
0: what I've read and what I've experienced in
1: counseling would typically be one at a time. and And sometimes they ingest the hair. Sometimes they'll just bite part of the hair and then discard it.
0: And so when you're talking about digestive issues, obviously your internal organs don't handle processing hair very well. It builds
1: up in your digestive tract, and then you could potentially have a blockage, and that's a medical emergency at that point.
0: Okay, so I'm listening to you describe this problem that we said at the beginning of the podcast. My guess is a lot of people would hear that this is a problem and be surprised to find that it's a problem. After discovering that it's a problem, I think this is the exact kind of issue that when people say, surely you don't think the Bible is about all kinds of counseling, do you? I think this is the exact kind of issue they're thinking about. So what in the world does the Bible have to say to understand this problem?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great case study in uh, whether we really believe our theology or not, the yep. sufficiency of Scripture, the, ina- the adequacy of Scripture. Uh, we believe the Bible is the sufficient resource for all counseling problems, and, and this struggle really is no different. Uh, there are sufficient resources in the person and work of Jesus and his inspired authoritative word to provide answers, uh, both to understand the behavior and to minister to those who are struggling. So um, the first thing I would say is that pulling hair, picking skin, biting nails— Uh, And similar behaviors are not, in and of themselves, a moral issue. And that's where the Bible gives us categories to understand. Is a behavior a moral issue? Is it an amoral issue? Um, However, in this particular situation, this behavior can become a moral issue uh, in certain circumstances. So, for example, if this behavior becomes a means of dealing with the problems of life um, against biblical counsel or against God's instructions uh, then it becomes a, a sinful thing to do. For example, um, many people that struggle with this are dealing with unpleasant feelings, uh, life problems, anger, anxiety, worry, depression, stress, uh, feeling out of control, mm. uh, or even unconfessed sin. And uh, The Bible has a great metaphor for things like that when we run away from God instead of running to him. Uh, I love the Psalms uses the metaphor of a false refuge, um, and that's what this is, is this can become a false refuge, a place to run when we feel out of control or we feel like our anxiety is overwhelming us. And of course, Psalm 118 verse 8 uh, says that it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men or to turn to other uh, false refuges. So uh, that would be one case where this could become a moral issue or a sin issue, um, Another uh, circumstance that where this could become a moral issue would be when the behavior becomes enslaving, and that's exactly what we usually see with a behavior like this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are law for, lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. And And, of course, that's not unique to this issue, but this struggle tends to become a master. People become enslaved to it. And at that point, the Bible would say, okay, now this is becoming a moral issue and we need to think about spiritual resources to change. Uh, A third situation where this Um, issue could become a moral issue, a spiritual issue, is when the behavior damages your body. Hmm. Um, 1 Corinthians goes on to tell us that a believer's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we've been bought with a price, and therefore we should glorify God in our bodies. So um, not always, but in many cases, people are damaging their body, uh, bald spots that take months, even years to recover, or if they're getting infections, if they're picking their skin, digestive problems, if they're ingesting the hair. So um, if, it's be, if it's damaging their body, we would say uh, that's not honoring to the Lord and we need to repent and seek grace to change. And then a final way where this could become a real moral issue is if the behavior leads to or feeds other behaviors that are overtly sinful uh, in some way. So, for example, um, a failure to love neighbor because I'm too embarrassed to go out and um, minister to my right. brother or sister. So a situation like that. Um, Another thing the Bible teaches about this, and um, I I call it um, front-end issues and back-end issues, there are usually clear spiritual issues that lead to a person engaging in this behavior, and the Bible would speak to that. We've talked about some of those already—anxiety, stress, Mm -hmm. worry, wanting control— things like that. But there are also back-end issues, things that come as a result of this behavior. So that would be uh, the shame, the guilt, uh, the secrecy, the lying and deceit, enslavement. Um, trick can lead to difficult emotions and further sinful behavior. Now, in some cases, um, people that struggle with this may not be able to point to a precipitating issue, but nonetheless, they deal with those back-end issues, and mm-hmm. the Bible is full of answers for those spiritual issues.
0: Okay. So you have just mentioned, um a whole big bunch of things going on. I mean, just a wealth of resources that when you look at this with sort of biblical lenses, you're going to have all sorts of ways to understand what's going on. What does the Bible have to say about helping with this problem? So I can imagine that's going to be very specifically related to specifically what's going on with the issue that you diagnose that leads to this problem. But but what are some ideas you could give us about things the Bible has to say to help?
1: Sure. Um, I think I think the first priority is just to be a, a loving biblical friend. Um, the mm. proverb says, "A friend loves at all times," right? So, um, this is a behavior that is full of shame, full of embarrassment, and most people are not going to talk about it. Okay. So, building the type of relationship that true biblical friendship that we see, for example, in the book of Proverbs, to where I might become the type of person that if there's somebody struggling with this, they would want to trust me enough to tell me what's going on. So I think being a good, caring, biblical friend has to be the first thing. And as a subset of that, the onset of this behavior is typically in childhood. So I think parents particularly need to be very careful how they react to this sort of situation. When a parent freaks out and overreacts and I can't believe what you're doing, why would you do that? That's so weird. Uh, That's exceedingly unhelpful. And, and adds to the shame and embarrassment that the child already feels. So uh, when James tells us to be quick to hear and slow to speak, I think that's great counsel for parents that are uh, helping their children with this sort of thing. Uh, listening and understanding is a key to helping, and uh, parents need to be committed to that and then responding in godly ways. Uh, so another way uh, that we can help in this situation uh, is to build a biblical framework for understanding it. Uh, I think most people would hear of this issue and say the Bible has nothing to say about this. And that's one of the things I love about being a biblical counselor is mm-hmm. opening God's word and saying, let's see the answers here. Let's see the, the heart issues behind this. Um, and that's one of the joys in counseling is, is putting the counselee in the framework of the Bible, and then the Bible comes alive with yeah. the answers at that point. Uh, A third way would be to address uh, those issues, those spiritual issues that we've talked about, both front end and back end. Uh, The Bible teaches us about how to deal with guilt and shame, anger, depression, anxiety, fear, lying, isolation. Um, And sometimes issues that um, are discovered in counseling uh, really go from a person's past. So uh, recognizing that there was um, uh, a hurt, a struggle, And this became a way to deal with that, a false refuge, Mm -hmm. like the way the Psalms describes it. And we need to help uh, unpack what that is and lead them to take refuge in the Lord. Um, I love this verse in Hebrews. Jesus, it says, has been tempted in all things as we are and yet without sin. Uh, When I'm ministering to somebody, I can say to them on the basis of this word, Jesus knows what it feels like to have strong urges uh, strong temptation to sin. And so he can relate to you. You can go to him, and he is a sympathetic high priest to mm. you. And yet he was without sin. And so, as you know, the text goes on to say, so we go boldly to his throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. And so to help your counselor to turn to the man of sorrows who's experienced the weight of temptation and to find that grace to say no to those ungodly desires. And then, maybe a fourth way we could help uh, is to help the counselee to develop very practical prevention and temptation strategies. Uh, and, and that we can develop that uh, based on the individual and the things that we discover. But basically, uh, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5 remove any hindrance yeah. that's leading you to temptation. So, when you get to know a person's situation, what are those things? Is it isolation? Is it a certain situation? Uh, Is it a context or a behavior or an activity? If we can remove that or change those things, that helps to prevent uh, the the strength and the weight of temptation. Um, And then finally, uh, one last way to help would be help the counselee to grow in the normal means of grace. there may be many people that can't relate experientially to this, and yet the answers the Bible gives are the same answers for any problem in life uh, mm-hmm. growing in the Word of God, growing in prayer and dependence, uh, the local church and involvement, corporate worship, private worship. Um, I think in this case, uh, the best defense really is a good offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm 119 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Hmm. Uh, By keeping it according to your word. And then it says this, with all my heart, I have sought you. So we want to train people to seek God with all their heart. And as they grow in grace, uh, they will see those resources come to resist the temptation.
0: You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. If you'd like more information about our ministry, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.